a moment of power. It's time for a Moment of Power podcast with Pastor Johnny Henderson, being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Let's go to the Word, Exodus chapter 16. As you're standing, let me welcome all of our visitors. If you're visiting with us for the first time, just throw your hand up at me. Anybody? Praise God, sister, sister in the back. Praise God for you. Amen. God bless you. Uh, those of you that are online, Zoom or Facebook, if this is your first time with us as well, we say welcome to the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church. Uh, we are we are glad you are here. Amen. Have a whole lot of options. Churches on every corner. A lot of churches going at the same time. You got everybody streaming on Facebook, so you have a lot of options. Amen. You got more options than Golden Corral has for you. Amen. But we are glad you chose us. Amen. And we just want to say welcome. We pray that you have been blessed so far, and I pray that you will continue to be blessed the rest of the way of this service. And I pray that this won't be your last time. I pray that you will come back and visit us again. Amen. Let's show our visitors some love, little Zion. Amen. Give honor to the deacons and the first lady as well. First lady still, she's still got a little bit of a limp, but she's coming right along. Amen. She was saying this morning, I wish I could get in my shoes. Amen. Praise God, she can still get around. Amen. Still got a, still got a brace on her foot, but she's still moving. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Exodus chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16. If you can stand, please stand. I might get in trouble for my sermon title, but it's all right. A little bit of a provocative sermon title. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which, was, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. The Lord said to Moses in verse 4, I will rain down bread from heaven to you, or for you rather. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on, on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, in the evening you will know that it was the Lord, let, let the church say, it was God. It was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You are not grumbling against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord, for he has heard your Grumbling while Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory 
of the Lord appearing in the cloud. Let's start right there, verse 10. I want to build my text, so take my title from verses 2 and 3. It says, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And in verse 3, the key verse, the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. Yeah. Sat around on pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. To death. I want to use as a title this morning, Why Buy the Cow When the Milk is Free? Why buy the cow when the milk is free? You may be seated. It's going to make sense. It's going to make sense. Why buy the cow when the milk is free? You've heard that before, right? What does it actually mean? It is an old idiom or figure of speech, if you will, that is often directed towards men in relationships who refuse or don't want to get married. Never heard it for women, always hear it for men. We ain't going to talk about that. But here's why we use this cliche or idiom because it refers to people that don't want to get married because they get all the benefits of marriage without ever putting a ring on. On the other hand, if somebody is able to obtain some commodity of benefit freely or easily, they won't be inclined to pay for the source of it. That's where I'm trying to go this morning. It, it is apparent that the Israelites have the same mindset toward each other. Uh, this is part eight of our series, Moving Forward by Faith. We've been journeying our way through Egypt, if you've been paying attention, it, it, it looks like they have this same mindset towards Egypt. They, they, they've been in captivity for some 430 years, but it seems that Pharaoh gave them some level of, of trade-off for their harsh labor. Their captivity, it looks like, by all intents and purposes, it looks like their captivity has given them the mindset that we talked about last week. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Or the grass ain't greener on the other side. But if I can push that idiom a little bit further, y'all, it also refers to enabling people's behavior by not requiring more of them. I don't know if you know it or not. Maybe you might be guilty, but if, if we tell the truth about it, y'all, we, we enable certain behaviors in people by giving them what they want in order to keep them quiet and compliant, to keep them under control. It seems like that's what Pharaoh has done. If the truth be told, it's a form of manipulation. If we tell the truth about it. And maybe some of us are guilty of being on both sides of it. But it's a form, it's a it's a, a means to keep people quiet, to keep them in line, keep them from asking for too much, or keep them from 
making a full commitment. So here we have the Israelites. They have crossed the Red Sea. They have completed the, exit, the exodus. They have crossed the Red Sea and they are on dry ground. God parted the waters and made a wall of water on both sides. A wall on their left and a wall on their right. He held the waters in place just for them. God defeated their enemies by releasing the waters as the enemy pursued the Israelites. They go on to rejoice and worship the Lord because they had seen the mighty hand of God at work. They had been witnesses of the declaration that Moses made. The Lord will fight your battles. You only need to be still or hold your peace. They have seen the, the glory of the Lord. They have been on the winning side of the fight with the enemy. There, there was a, a moment of rejoicing in chapter 15 as Moses and Miriam, they celebrate and they sing praises to the Lord for the mighty things he had done. They sang this song. It says, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him, my father's God. I will exalt him. It goes on to say, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. So now after crossing the Red Sea, they, they now come to this desert called Shur. Moses has led them into the wilderness. And they travel into this, this desert, y'all, and they've gone three days without finding water. They come to a place called Mara, but the water there was bitter so they complain to Moses. They've been complaining ever since before they crossed the Red Sea. They complain to Moses because the water was uh, bitter, but God met their needs again right there. He, he provided water via a piece of wood or a tree that he showed Moses and had him throw it in the water. Then it turned the water to, to, uh, to a, a, a better tasting water, if you will. And in this moment, God further cemented his relationship with them. He says that if, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. This is the promise that God made the people of Israel in this desert. But they can't stop there. They have to keep moving because they have to reach the promised land. So they move on to right here in this place called the desert of sin. They, they left one wilderness experience for another. Can you imagine that? Imagine having a mountaintop experience. You've been delivered from something. But then when you Come off the mountaintop, you got to go right back into another wilderness experience. That does a lot to your spiritual well-being. So they go from one wilderness to another. Another month had gone by. Whatever food they had was now gone or depleted, and they don't know how to replace it, y'all. There's no Harris Teeter in the wilderness. There's no Kroger or food lion right around the corner. They can't stop by Golden Corral and hit the buffet. They can't go to Popeye's for a two-piece and a biscuit. They can't go to Feather and Fin for a four-piece special. 
There's no McDonald's drive-thru. There's no Papa John's uh, pizza delivery. There's no Grubhub, no DoorDash. None of the creature comforts that we get used to, none of those things were available to them in the wilderness. It's just them and God. It's just them and God. And now when I read this, I, I, I understand why David felt like God had abandoned him. Because when we're in our wilderness seasons, there's nobody but us and God. And, and they have found themselves having to lean on God for everything they would need. There's no app. No app for the wilderness. You can't just put in a order and it, it's delivered. It's just you and God. And what we've come to understand about the wilderness is that it is a place or a season that is a test of our willingness to trust God. At the time, they didn't know it, though. How, how are we supposed to know what a test is versus something I shouldn't have gotten myself into in the first place? How am I supposed to know what a test is? They found themselves in a place where they would have to learn to trust in a God that they were still getting to know. Think about that for a second. you got to trust a God that you're still getting to know. What we've seen with Moses, we've seen how his faith has grown since the burning bush encounter, but now they've been subjected to the same faith experience, and Moses is in the position of being a mediator. That's what it's all about, y'all. God wants us to rely on him, yes. obey him, yes. and trust him. That's what the wilderness does to us. It, it, it teaches us to rely on God, to obey God, and trust God. We know that the wilderness is, is a deserted, remote, solitary place, a place that is forsaken or desolate. But here, here in the Old Testament, it is a real place for them. It's not some make-believe place. It's not some fairy tale. It is a real place for the Israelites. Some versions say wilderness. Some versions say desert. Either way, it's just them and God. Nonetheless, y'all, it's, it's, it's a real experience. And we understand in the New Testament context, it indicates a lonely place. In other words, y'all, the wilderness is, is a place where nobody really wants to be. You know, it is, it's very important for you to understand and recognize the wilderness moments in your life. Even Jesus had to go through a season of wilderness. After John the Baptist had baptized him, Matthew writes that then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. To be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes or proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Even Jesus had to go through the wilderness. But the wilderness, y'all, it. it it is designed to make us vulnerable to things that are not in our best interests or things that are not in the will of God for our lives. A wilderness moment, I've said it before, it makes a negative thing looks like, look like a good thing. Amen. When, it, when we're in our wilderness moments, it feels like God just won't respond to our prayers. This is why David says, why have you uh, abandoned me, God? 
The wilderness moments cause us to question God and wonder if he really loves you. Doing all that you've, called, you've been called to do. You, you've been faithful to God. You're serving faithfully in ministry. You're tithing and giving faithfully. You're praying and fasting. You're reading your Bible day and night. You go out into the world and spread the gospel. But somehow you still find yourself in a wilderness moment. A wilderness moment. And I don't know what your situation is right now. Maybe your wilderness moment is uh, your health took a turn for the worse. Maybe your wilderness moment or your dry season is your, your finances don't look good. Your money has gotten funny. Maybe your wilderness moment is your relationship is struggling. But I come to tell you this morning, God is a healer. God is a provider. God restores. God can fix anything that we're going through. Wilderness. Let the church say wilderness. Don't get it twisted, y'all. Wilderness seasons. Or God testing us, don't get it twisted, it should not be confused with bad decisions. Because bad, bad decisions bring repercussions. If I go to the new casino and spend all my money, I'll be, I'll be broke for the rest of the week. That's a bad decision. Not, not, that's not a moment of God testing me. If I get drunk and get a DUI, that's a bad decision. Yes, yes. That's not a a wilderness way to turn into a wilderness moment in the jail, but that's, that's, that's a wilderness on its own, the jailhouse. But what I'm trying to tell you, don't confuse bad decisions with wilderness moments. So here we are. As the children of Israel journey toward Canaan, they have legitimate needs. They need food. They need the three basic things that we all need. Food, water, and shelter. And it seems like they had shelter, but they lack water and food. Multitudes of people, they got to eat and they got to drink. Since they were on a journey to, to Canaan, they couldn't settle long term. Uh, there's no time to start a farm and begin, begin gardening. No time to grow some collard greens and corn on the cob. No time for all that. They're on a journey. They got to Keep moving. There's no time to breathe livestock. But they were journeying in a desert environment, so water would have been a consistent problem for them. They were, they were helpless, and it seems like they were hopeless about their future. They simply could not help themselves. Again, it's just them and God. They needed God's divine intervention to stay alive. They couldn't save themselves. And so let me share, I want to share some things with you about this faith journey, particularly when it involves a wilderness season. Number one, you got to decisively manage moments of adversity. Decisively. We must decisively, y'all, manage moments of adversity or seasons of testing. Decisive. You can't be wishy-washy about it. In, in your faith journey, in your spiritual walk, in your relationship with Christ, or whatever fancy level you put on it, whatever eloquent term you've given it, adversity is going to come. And so when, when, when moving forward in a new season, getting ready for change, watch this. The enemy wants you to think that the former thing was the best thing. 
The text says on the 15th day of the second month, after they had come out of Egypt in the desert, the whole community, or some versions say congregation, grumbled against Moses. They go on to say, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. We, we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out in this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. They're, they're, they're groaning, y'all. They're complaining. It took them back to a, a mindset of captivity. They, they still had what I would call the Egypt mentality. Amen. A, a, the Egypt mentality is a, a mindset that says, even though it was a bad situation, I was comfortable in it. This is the ultimate moment of why by the cow when the milk was free. They grumbled and complained that they have gone through all of that what they went through for nothing. So I tell you this morning, you got to manage your mind when those moments of adversity come. Yes, yes. They, they missed what God had brought them out of. Did you hear me? They, they missed. Or they had a moment of missing what God had brought them out of. It's a terrible thing, y'all, to want to go back into what God has called you out of. It's a terrible thing to, to go back what you prayed God to bring you out of. If you pray to God to deliver you from something and he brings you out, don't go back into it. Uh, that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to go back. That's a terrible thing. I prayed for it. God brought me out of it, but I want to go back. They can talk about that this morning in Sunday school. And so for spiritual purpose, y'all, we got we to gotta look at Egypt as something that has us bound. Something that keeps us from having what God has for us. Man, it's that moment. In, in other words, don't allow the enemy to sow seeds of doubt and discouragement in your mind. Amen. When, when I say disciple, you got to make it in your mind that you won't let the enemy poison your mind to make you want to go back to Egypt. You should know that the enemy wants you to be in that place where God wants you out of. That's what the enemy wants. That's why he comes to sow doubt and discouragement. That's why he wants to destroy and disrupt. It's all to keep you from getting closer to God. It's all to keep you from getting Close to God. You got to decisively manage moments of adversity. Because if you're not careful, you'll end up right back in it. That's why he told Eve in the Garden of Egypt that, that from, she wouldn't die from eating the fruit from the very tree that God had forbidden. That's why he tempted Jesus and told him that he could have all the kingdoms of the world if he would just bow down and worship him. Write this down if you take notes. Resist the urge to participate in the enemy's shenanigans. Resist the urge. Decisively manage. Resist the urge, y'all, to participate in the enemy's shenanigans. He wants you to go back. At that if you don't go back, at the bare minimum, he wants you to scratch that itch. Yeah. My Lord. At the bare minimum, if you don't go back, he wants you to at least scratch the itch. What is the itch? 
Pastor, what is the itch? Sometimes we scratch the itch by moving deeper into sin. Uh, we try to fill the void with the things of the world, yes, yes. like money, good times, drugs, alcohol, yes. all the things that bring temporary pleasure but never give us real joy. Let the church say, don't go back. Uh, the enemy wants you to scratch the itch if you don't go back. All the while, God is trying to take us to something better. All the while, God is trying to take them to the promised land. God wants, God wants to lead us to milk and honey, yet mentally and spiritually, we may be still stuck in Egypt. God is showing us milk and honey, but we're still looking back at Egypt. Lord, help me today. Decisively managed. They said, they said, Moses, you should have just left us in Egypt. We had real eyes and whole chickens over there, but now you got us out here scrambling for water. I had a medium well ribeye every night. Now I got flakes of bread over here. Egypt, don't go back. Uh, they said we could have died by the Lord's hand. We we could have died by those ten plagues that God said on Egypt. We could have, we would have rather died in that. Mm. Instead, you brought us out here to start. They they claimed to have everything they wanted in Egypt, but here they couldn't see the forest because of the trees. Decisively. Manage moments of adversity. But secondly, y'all, the text teaches us that number two, we we have to be intentional about obedience. That's right. We have to be intentional about obedience. That's what faith is all about right there. The very thing that God commands, us of, commands of us is obedience. In chapter 15, God issues a decree. He says, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I would not bring on you any of the diseases brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. But it's not just obedience. Along with obedience comes the matter of paying attention to detail. Obedience is critical, y'all, because there is, that is where God meets us with specific instruction for a specific situation. The text says in verse 4 and 5, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. Specific. And this way I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So God is now about to test them for obedience and attention to detail. One writer says God's provision for the Israelites immediately addressed both their short-term and their long-term need for food. Knowing God knew that they would spend a long time in the wilderness, so he had, he had prepared for them uh, just enough means for getting enough food that they were, used, they were going to be eating just enough for that, for that day. He was, he was preparing them for something better. <coughs> he, he was teaching them that he would be the ultimate provider. Yes, yes, yes. The one from heaven who didn't who who gave them not what they wanted, but what they really needed. Yes. 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 
That's what it's all about. He, he was giving them what they needed instead of what they expected. And this test will see, will see if they will follow instructions and whether their hearts will be devoted to him. It, it will reveal their level of faith in only getting what they needed from that day. Only get enough for that day. But then on the sixth day, you want to get double portions because we're on the Sabbath. We're going to take a rest. That's right. All right. Only get what you needed for that day. And I can relate to that because sometimes when you cook a meal, you only intend to cook enough to feed your family or yourself. Sometimes we, we, we cook enough to have leftovers, but, but God had intended them to get enough only for that day that he would provide so now they're being asked to, rest to restrain their tendency to gather as much as they can. God was teaching them to trust him every, every day. Not some lump sum trust, but trust him every day and be grateful for whatever it is he provides. So we got to be intentional about obedience all because obedience is where God disciples us and prepares us for discipleship. Yes. This, is, this is where God builds our faith to truly rely on him. Yes. Yes. God has liberated these people. Now he is going to prepare them for discipleship. Oh, and so he has them in the wilderness now so he can increase their dependence on him. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Yes. And as disciples of Christ, y'all, we must learn these same lessons. Yes. We, we, we got we to gotta learn this same lesson, we have to learn to obey God out of a genuine trust in his wisdom, in his knowledge, in his faithfulness, and in his goodness. We have to learn those same lessons. The question that comes in, have you accepted your dependence on God? Have you truly surrendered to God? Or, or, or are you chasing after what society says is best for you? Do you, do you really, the question becomes, do you really trust that God knows what is best for you? Or do you follow every trend that comes along every other month? Those are some questions we have to ask ourselves. Am I depending on God? Or am I going by the ways of the world? Do I truly trust Him? Do I truly trust Him to uh, give me what is best for me? Or am I jumping on every train that rolls down the track? So when we become intentional about obedience, then, then it becomes a matter of faith and courage. The courage to obey God, even when our flesh says otherwise. The courage to obey God when the enemy wants us to think it's okay to do things the way we want to do things. But God wants discipleship. He wants covenant with all of us. And so obedience is accepting the fact that God's way is the best way. Obedience is accepting that without him, I can't do anything. And so number one, we have to manage moments of adversity. But number two, we have to be intentional about obedience. But lastly, I'm going to get on out your way after this. The last thing the text shows us is number three. I love it. I love it. I love it. Number three, provision is already prepared. Yes, yes, yes. That's what faith is all about. You got to know that God already had your needs in mind. The good news in the text, y'all, is that for all of us, Lottie, Dottie, and everybody, when God calls you out of a place, or a season or a situation 
He does it with provision already prepared for you. That's the good news this morning. When he calls you out, when he delivers you, when he when he breaks that, that stronghold over your life, he already has provision prepared for you. God already knows what you need before you even know yourself. I want to tell you this morning, God will blow our minds when we trust and obey him. When we, when we don't fully surrender to God, we, we limit or uh, we are limiting our expectations of God. I want to suggest to you this morning, God will always, always take the opportunity to exceed our expectations. That's the good news this morning. We got to stop trying to contain God in our shallow theologies. We find in verse 6, Moses and Aaron said to the Israelites, in the evening you would know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against, against us? Moses also said, you would know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. I, I want to go on to verse 11. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you would eat meat and in the morning you will be filled with bread and then you would know that I am the Lord your God. Verse 13 says that evening quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it in verse 10, 15, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses says to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. Beloved, I want to declare to you this morning, God already has provision prepared for you. Do you believe it? He, he, he had heard the drumming and met them at the point of their knees. He gave them manna from heaven. You got to trust that God will meet you at the very point of your knees. He, he gave them a supernatural provision. It wasn't something ordinary. It wasn't something they would have got in Egypt. It wasn't something they could have done on their own. It was something that can only come from God. That's a supernatural provision. But not only was it supernatural, he gave them a daily provision. It, it, it didn't appear every day, but it was enough to eat each day. Amen. But it was a sufficient provision. They had more than enough. They had enough to feed the entire community or congregation. It was, it was bountiful. There was always enough to eat and never not enough. Not only does God have provision prepared, but it's always enough for us. I love it, y'all. It was continuous and it was constant. Yes. They had enough of their duration in the wilderness. Chapter 16 goes on at the end. I love it. It says the people of Israel ate the manna for 40 years. It says they ate the manna till they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Here's the last thing. Provision should always remind us of God's grace and goodness. Can I get a witness? God is so good. 
want to tell you this morning, when, when God meets us at the very point of our needs, we should never take it for granted. God gave them a command that this, this sweet-tasting, heavenly bread, they would have put it in a jar and preserve it so that it will be a reminder for them that God has been good to them. Oh, yes. Amen. Amen. We ought to never take God's goodness for granted. So true. We ought to never take even the littlest things that God does for us. We ought to never take it for granted. God ordered them to put put a jar of manna and keep it for, for memory's sake that they would always be reminded of just how good God has been to them. And I'm reminded of the old song we sing, we've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord, trusting in His holy word. The song says, He's never failed me yet. So we've come to the conclusion of the matter. The sermon title says, Why buy the cow when the milk is free? I believe, I, I pray that it has blessed you some kind of way this morning. The conclusion of the matter, why buy the cow when the milk is free? I want to I wrestle with the why. The answer to the why is simple. God wants us fully committed and surrendered to him. That's what the why is. And fully committed means we trust him. Fully committed means we obey him. Fully committed means we rely on him. It means wherever God leads you, you will follow. Amen. God help me close this thing. It means it means whatever assignment God has for you, you, you will complete the assignment. And can I deal with the why just a little bit more? The answer to the why is we must stay hungry for the things of God and not the things of the world. We, we must understand that God will quench our thirst and satisfy our hunger. It, 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 it was Jesus who said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Do you trust God to fill your face? Do you trust God to meet your very point of needs? Beloved, you, you, you don't have to beg God to fill you. You don't have to persuade God to fill you. you when you surrender to him, he will fill you up. He will fill you when you're hungry and he will fill you when you're thirsty. Amen. But the answer to the why is God wants us humble before him. Beloved, God wants us to put away our pride and be humbly submitted to him. That's what it means to rely on God. But I got a little bit more of that. The answer to the why means making it a habit of seeking God and not the things of the world. The answer to the why is a habit of seeking God and not running back to Egypt. Yes, yes. I recall Jesus says again, it is written that man shall not live on bread alone, but yes. on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I recall Jesus saying, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things 
shall be added unto you. Can I push it a little bit further? The most important answer to the question of the why is Jesus. That's the most important thing. The, the people have Moses as their mediator, but we have Jesus. Somebody, somebody say Jesus. We have Jesus. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The one who suffered, bled, and died. For it, it was Jesus who says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save, will save his, his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited? A moment of power. It's a moment of power with Pastor Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Connect with them by visiting their website, lzmbc.net. Pastor Henderson, Lady Henderson, and the Little Zion family want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you will not miss a moment of power.